Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over-gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast. Peeps! With your peeps, Irene and... The one and the only Katrina, the oh, wine genus. Wow, we well, what what an I must say that I thank you, thank oh you, my Squire. Gosh. My what did he? What does he have? A, what 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 do you he, have he there? Just me, he just brought me a glass of vino. Is it? Um, okay. I must say that I was scrolling through the various interwebs. Yes, and I noticed that there is an imposter among us. What? There is a woman who is now calling herself the dental oh. hygienist. <laughs> yeah. And I and I wanted to chat with you and our friends on the air about this because how do we feel about that? I mean, I don't how do you feel that there is another human being who is now calling herself the dental hygienist and she knows you? She well she asked um yeah so she messaged and what did you say <laughs> okay so she, <laughs> she she messaged me and she's like hello and she's trying to sell me hello. like hello yes why does I'm, she sound like mrs doubtfire <laughs> hello. Hello. um no I, I feel like okay so she was she's like on this um mlm to sell wine so like i think she was like trying to connect right. with me to like sell wine on like a an MLM thing. You know what I mean? You know how you like you can do that? Uh, no, I don't know what you mean because okay. no one ever reaches out to me. to. Say, I'm usually the one that with the skincare products. Oh, OK. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I get people like contacting me about Rodan and Fields, too. But um, no, she, this is it's a, a company that does like I think I don't know. It's like clean, sustainable. Okay. It doesn't have who any buy sell fights in it. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't what matter. the company does. doesn't matter. How do you feel about this? So, well, okay. So she messaged me and she's like, another dental hygienist who likes wine. Like, I'm not like some like weird, like unicorn human being. Like, there are a lot of us, obviously, that are dental hygienists and like right. wine. But she's like, the dental wine genist, that's brilliant. I would love to use that and call myself the dental wine genist too, if that's okay with you. And I got the message and like, I didn't really know how to react at first because I didn't want to be like, like, no, bitch, it's mine. Like, get out of here. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, I wanted to, like, be I nice would've. and be like, yes. Like, I don't I don't know. I Like, I didn't know how to approach it, right? And then uh, you get to a certain point. Like, I hate to be, like, weird about it. But, like, I, like, kind of had to contact my attorney. Like, should I – what do I, I – don't, I don't know what to do. So it was the weekend. So obviously my attorney's not, like, sitting waiting at my beckoning call for, right. like, how to respond. So in the time – in, like – the 18 hours from when she sent that message to me to like when I went back on to like look at the message, she had changed her like thing, her like tagline or whatever to dental wine genist. And I'm like, um, oh, OK. Uh, you have like a whole website, like a whole you have your own brand. I have, whole, right. You literally have dentalwinegenist.com. Like right. Exactly. I have, I have right. dentalwinegenist.com. I have my it's my, my logo and this and that and whatever. Right. So I take a screenshot of it and I send it to my dad. Mm. And my dad's like, oh, no, Katrine, oh, you got to no, oh, get on no, that. Trees. So I, I love this. If we could pose this to our listenership, our community of respected listeners, definitely like let me know, like, what should I do? Um, because 
It's like I don't know. I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry to laugh because I. It is. I mean, it's funny. No, it's I get, funny. It, it is. gets it's plagiarized like, all the time. So I, I, you I find get plagiarized it, all it, the time. Yeah, people take your oh, the Tooth 100%. Life logo. They really like to like use that and adapt it. Yeah, for their they own. love the Tooth Life logo. They love taking my videos and resharing them and not crediting them. It's it's all well. It happens, but no one's ever took like toothlife dot janice or but this whatever. is this is like but no one's used tooth like toothlife.katrina like that's no one's what, ever that's done what i'm thinking before. i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna change my handle to toothlife.katrina because i i feel like that's i mean just, I, i'll happily share there's a there's a toothlife.sylvia and a tooth like the people that work for me have toothlife dot oh. their name oh okay but um like there's toothlife latina toothlife.latina but there's no like random not affiliated person using toothlife.whatever yeah, I mean, maybe she wants have to like Tooth be Life as the name trademark, but you, you, I don't know. Maybe so she what, wants to be part of my Have you said anything since? Yeah, so I did. I, do you want me to read it? Do you want me to read yeah, what I said? Should, I, think we, we, I think we all want is to everybody read this. Right? Okay. I, I didn't, Everyone's okay. driving to work right now. They're like, ooh. Oh, what's, ah. what is she going to say? <laughs> okay. So this is what I said. I said, hi, insert person's name. Thanks for connecting. Yeah. I'm very familiar with insert name of MLM company. Congrats on getting in with a great company. I'm so glad that my brand resonates with you. I built this brand on the premise of attracting like-minded hygienists who also have a love for wine and dentistry. Are you ready? Here's where I start to throw down. Here's where I start to swing my labia a little bit. I branded myself, my website, and all of my social media platforms as the dental wine genist four years ago when I secured my level one sommelier and built my business. It looks like this message finds us a bit late on the draw because you've already changed your headline to my branding title. (gasps) While I'm flattered that you love it so much, I may suggest you utilize your own unique branding. My attorney is filing finalized paperwork for my trademark on this branding, and as such, I would encourage you to find, create, and build your own unique title that aligns with who you are. Thank you for your time, and I hope you have a great weekend. Was that rude? Da 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 da. Can I get a was that bad? No, I think it's great. I think good for you. Yeah, and the thing with the thing that people don't know with trademarks is you need to fight to keep your trademark. Right. So if you don't, you will lose your trademark. So if if for whatever reason someone uses a logo or whatever, and you don't file or you don't send a cease and desist. Um, you just kind of let things go, then you run the risk of losing your trademark. Yeah. So it's like if someone uses my Tooth Life logo, I send a cease and desist, not because I want to be a mean girl, but right. because I need to fight to keep my logo. And every company, like every company that you can think of that's filed for trademark has to do that. So, I mean, good for you. And it takes a long Thanks. time to get a trademark. It takes like a full year to get a trademark and you have mm-hmm. to prove the use of your trademark that was before others and so it's not I mean wow it's like a whole production so you're living your best life I'm I well I I yes I am thanks by the by um we are recording this on Monday October 26th Irene do you know Which, ironically is the same day that this episode is also being released so good good that we, <laughs> we have made some alignments do you you know, Irene, the historical reverence of the day, the 26th there of October. Do you know the significance? I do not. 
All right. I'm- no, but I believe that on that day, 35 years ago, I was also living my best did life. You, did you create your own best life through the birthing process? Through the birthing canal? I mean, I think my mom created my best life <laughs> oh through, my her gosh, birthing process, through her birthing process. Through her birthing process. Okay. Yeah. Happy From what I hear, it was not a good day for her. Day to you. Why was it? Why was it not a good day for your mom? Oh, because I was born in a communist country where oh. medicine was uh, a luxury and anesthetic was. Did she not have to like available? Bite her own core to like <laughs> detach you or anything? <laughs> No, my dad bit the cord. Your dad? Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. That's why he's got sharp teeth. That's why they call them incisors. He's got sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah, today's my B-Day. Yay, happy birthday. Yay. Yay. Good day. You look fabulous, girl. I'm telling you. You look amazing. I'm seriously. Thank you. I will thank my injector for... Yes, yes. Whoever does the toxin injectables for you. Yes. Primo. Primo. Thank you. Love remote, it. Remote. Yeah, today's a good day. Did I, work, you, I worked today. So what did you, but what did my, you, what, what what are we doing for the birthday of sorts? We're, we're recording a podcast episode tonight, actually. Yes. Um, and I uh, also got some beautiful flowers from our friends at Dent Splice Serona. I got a nice gift card from an Instagram follower and a bunch of other gifts from lots of peeps. So it's been very nice. And I'm sharing my birthday with my Instagram followers, which hopefully is you peeps listening to this episode as well. Yeah. And I am actually doing a giveaway. (gasps) What? Kindly sponsored by our peeps at Dentsply Serona, which are also sponsoring this episode. I am giving away. Are you wait? Are oh my you gosh! I drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Darby, get a drum roll. Told you. No, I yeah, I have no idea. I I, I never know what's I'm going on. I'm giving away a, a new pro freedom polisher. What? Like the handpiece? Enti- like the handpiece <gasps> and an entire box of uh like the tips polish that goes on top the of them. The polish, yes. yeah, polishing items. <gasps> So that is going up on my Instagram account this evening. Oh my gosh. So if you're listening to this episode, you have time to go to at toothlife.irene on Instagram. And not toothlife.katrina. Not toothlife.katrina. No, not one doesn't exist yet. No. Not yet. It will. My last post has me in my operatory with lots of balloons. Oh my God, that was so cute. So you need to tag your peeps yeah so, so that's cute. what i'm doing that's the big that's the big news that's of, a big news my birthday well thank away. you to dense by serona the for news. their wonderful contribution yes, are we not you. are we not going to talk about this weekend though like we're not going to do that oh well we can sure <laughs> so i went okay which is actually pretty funny so our listeners I need bought... to know why we're recording this what? now yeah okay irene so, irene um on 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 saturday <laughs> Um, w- my husband did a little bit of a surprise for me. I had to run an errand. I went back to the office actually to grab an extra, um, uh, blah, 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 PureVac HVE that mm. I purchased for my best friend, Amy, who's also a hygienist. We graduated school together. I'm so glad she's a hygienist. So I Otherwise that would have made no sense. Yes. Yeah. No, no. So yeah, so I good. went I went back to the office because I knew I was going to have a glass of wine and I couldn't drive. So I went back to the office and it was like 5-ish, 6 p.m. Um, grabbed the HVE, brought it home because my plan was Sunday morning to drop it off at her house and she lives like an hour away mm-hmm. and surprise her with the arrival of her HVE because she's finally started to generate aerosols. Yeah, so I bought Yay. it, ordered it, came in and then um, brought it home. And when I came home, 
my entire living room was set up with this massive table. We've got this like transformer table. So it, oh. it like folds up into a small console table, but it extends to a 12 person table. Oh. So the entire living room was restaged and this 12 person table was extended. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, we cannot have 12 people over. Like, it's a pandemic. We yeah. can't do that. Yeah. And then I noticed that there were only six plates and they were all like spread apart. <gasps> and two of our friends were sitting on the couch and <gasps> I was like, what is happening here? Anyway, so the girl that I brought bought the HV for, Amy, shows up with her husband. Oh. And we had this beautiful little social distance type of um, dinner. And oh. then Chris converted our balcony into this like, little Moroccan themed <gasps> uh, outdoor patios yes. with like heat lamps and blankets and oh pillows and it was super cute and we were all like spread apart and it was very nice and um, I had a little bit too much to drink and then yeah. somehow I found my pogs like my childhood pogs as you do like I mean that's the obvious next step in the slammer. process I don't know where the conversation came from but I found these pogs and then I and went slammers and you had slammers our, like, too right slammers the metal ones oh. i grabbed this charcuterie board that we got as a gift for our wedding from my boss so this 1500 dollars handmade art wood charcuterie oh, lord board, here and we I'm go smacking metal mm-hmm. slammers at the pogs that i could not hit for the life of because me. you had been and drinking i don't i right, we fell asleep on the couch i feel like oh no it was one of those week, did you you didn't wash yeah. off your makeup like you woke up and like your tongue was stuck to your I, palate i washed off my makeup <clears throat> oh. as i woke up at 4 p.m oh. before a.m yeah and then went to the bathroom oh. brushed my teeth washed yeah. off my makeup and yeah. then made it to bed and then i didn't wake up until like 10 30 and yeah. we were supposed to record our podcast mm-hmm. at 11 mm-hmm. or even 10 i don't even know and you were like i'm waiting and waiting and finally i realized damn katrina's been sitting on this zoom call for an hour while i just kept sitting no yeah i was like help. obviously i was doing other stuff you but waited like, i did i was point, like it was a game for you to figure it was out how so long good it take me i was like when, when is this canadian gonna get on this call it was great but and anywho so that was that was the weekend that was my birthday weekend so today of course i went to work and yeah work thing and, irene that's so special and, uh, yeah I, it's weird. 35 is a weird number. I know it is. I woke up this morning you're officially like, in your mid 30s, homie. Yeah. Welcome. I'm in my late 30s. No, you're like, not. Like you're in I'm, your mid. I'm now 35 in, in a day. I've passed my mid. My mid was 35. That one moment in time when I was only 35. That's it. And now I am 35 in a day. And I am officially in mid. But like the mid the mid thirties are good, you know? Like it it's it's good. Like you like you learn about things, you make mistakes, you know, early on. You try not to replicate them, but then you pogs come out and you sit shower and you know, I mean things happen, but I don't know. I just I feel like it's such you're just you look fabulous, you're doing all the damn things like Literally, girl, like you were born in a communist country where your dad had to like chew your umbilical cord situation. And now <laughs> here you are yeah. like a badass boss Look at babe. us now. Look at me now, mom. Hey, mom and me. My mom was so cute. So my mom drove to the office today. Did she? To see me. She came with a mask on. Bearing a card and a flowers oh. and like came in and she like. She's never looked old to me, but her eyes were watering from the wind because it was super windy and it was kind of rainy. It was really cold. So I like brought her into the office and she's all like, I, and I'm like, are you crying? What's wrong? She's like, no, my eyes just water when it's windy. And Mm -hmm. for a moment there, I was like, oh my God, my mom is aging. Her eyes are watering when it's windy. Like (laughs) she was just felt like 
my heart sank a little bit and I gave her a big hug and she's like okay I gotta go before the traffic and before it gets dark and yeah. I'm like what it's 4 p.m like where yeah. are you going like stay let me make you a tea or a decaf or something yeah. and she's like no no you know she doesn't drive on the highway so she drove a whole, an hour to see me to Aww. drop off a card of flowers so Aww. that she could drive an hour home I know. Bless my heart. And She's I just, so like, watched sweet. her drive away. I know. Oh, I love her. Watched her drive away, and I was like, don't go. Don't go, please, Mom. Oh, that's so sweet. Makes me want to cry. You know? I don't see them as much as I normally do because of COVID. Yeah. Normally, I see them, like, two or three times a week, but mm. now it's like, you know, they're in that age bracket, and I live in the city, and they live... And you're in treating the, patients and city. generating aerosols and... Yeah. Doing the whole thing. Yeah. So I need to be careful, but I know she was so sweet today. It made my heart kind of melt a little bit. That's so awesome. My dad FaceTimed me from the office so he can show me his uh, awards. He keeps all of his like soccer trophies and stuff. And oh. he's like taking me on a tour of his office. I'm okay. like, yeah, I've been there before. I've seen all your awards yeah. and your ribbons and your jerseys and all of that fun stuff. Mm. He's like, okay, I just wanted to show you one more. I got another one last year. Aww. Very cute. I love them. I love them. That's so, much. so awesome. Anywho, the episode, shall we? Okay, let's. Well, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you take over. <laughs> <laughs> What's the episode that we're listening to today, Katrina? Uh, I don't. I I don't know. I think it's gonna be something amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be something amazing. Is it something that you perhaps were on when you recorded? I well, maybe. I would hope so. Okay. Is it an episode would that you, I would you like me? Would would you like me to give you a hint? Give like me. We normally do. Yeah, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Okay. Um. Would you like a song or would you like a phrase? Give me a song. I was. I like. I like we when you sing, Irene. Okay. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Mamma mia, here, here I go, go again. again. Mama, how so much I missed you. Mama mia. Oh, Mia Geisinger. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Mia! Yay! Oh my goodness! I'm so excited for this. This is so Your great. dog is like cut-eyeing you right now. He's he's like Your mom. dog is looking at you. He is, he's like, Mom, how did you not get that? Yeah, he literally is like try? sometimes I think you're so smart, Mom, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yes, um, Mia Geisinger. Oh my goodness. You guys, you guys are gonna love this app. I'm so excited. This is wonderful. Yay! Why are you excited? What did we talk about? Well, I I mean, we talked about her. So so she is Tell incredible. Us a little bit about her. She's incredible. Um so I met uh, we actually go go through how Dr. Mia and I met in the episode, so I won't give that away, but it's actually kind of a, a funny story about how we met. And she is like one of those people that is just I don't know if she sleeps. I don't know how she does what she does, but she is like literally every day releasing a new article um on a new like platform, working with the American Academy of Periodontology, working with the ADA. I mean, she is like everywhere. And she is like, seriously, one of the brightest, kindest, most articulate, but um, just um, eloquent, poised and um, funny people that you'll ever meet. I feel like I feel like you're describing like someone in a pageant. Yeah, well, she kind of it like Say I hello to Mia. Hello, I'm Mia. Elegant. Yes, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> if, if, like basically, if she'd be the prom queen if dentistry was prom, she'd be the prom queen for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, she would be. Well, with without wasting more of your precious time, individuals listening to the classic Irene and Katrina rant, <laughs> here is our episode, episode fifty-one. Believe Woo-hoo! it or not, holy moler, holy moler, uh, Doctor Mia Geisinger. Here it is. 
catch you on the flip side, peeps. On the flippity flip. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your favorite blonde and your favorite ginger, Irene and Katrina. What's up, girlfriend? Hey, girl. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, hi. 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 Oh, no, wait. You? No, you first. No, me first. No, no you yeah, first. No, no, you no, first. You. no, you. No, how are you? You look amazing. How's your uh, how's really? Your I uh, yeah, I just I literally it. just took off my scrub cap. You witnessed my my little red scrub cap. You're just um, I still have the imprints of the N95 on my face. I swear. I feel like I wear it like a badge of honor at this point. Yeah, it's like I'm should. a badass. Yeah, wearing a scrub cap. I'm generating yeah. aerosols like a boss. Yeah, Using my HVE like a boss. Do, doing the damn thing. I know. Doing so it. Don't you feel great? It's, I it's, do feel it's great good to be back in treating patients. I feel medium, 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 large, mediocre, medium large. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a challenge, but it is what it is. That's good. But how are you? No, I, I mean, I'm living my best life. Let's just say that's I all. Am. That's all I'm I am for from you. <laughs> that is all I want for myself, and all I want for you is that we are living our best lives. As long as we're all just living our best lives, that's like terrific. I love that. Yes. Um, I'm so great. I'm. I'm like. I'm stoked for this. Um, for this podcast interview today. Here's my question for you, Irene. Before we get Uh-oh. started, are you ready? I don't know. Have you ever been on a blind date? Yes. You have. Oh yeah. Like with a, with a, with a guy. I feel like every guy that I dated off of Tinder, Match.com and eHarmony was okay, a blind yes, date. Because it's like, it's, yeah. I had been catfished so cat- many times. <laughs> catfished. So cat- many. I feel like that's the plural of catfish. Yeah, cat, it's catfish. Catfish. Catfished. Fishied. Yes. Um, so many times that eventually you're just like, please look like your picture. please. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I did that with my husband when we first met. I wouldn't get out of my car. You just like sat there with like binoculars. He came to my car (laughs) and I was like, I need to see you first before I get out of the car. And he showed up. I was like, thank God this guy looks like his photo. There's one guy named Jose who was five foot six, but told me he was six foot five and like blamed it on a typo. He also wore a hat in every single photo. So when we actually went on our date, I wore like monster high heels. So I'm six, two with heels on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he was like five foot six and completely bald. No, no issues with the balding. Like I I like a bald guy. I just mean like be upfront about it from the beginning. Yeah. Don't lie. Don't lie about your height. Right. So yeah, I have. Why do you, why do you ask? Did you go on a blind date? Well, actually, um, I want to tell you about how I met our guest. Oh, which was okay. kind fun of fa- on a, fun facts with Katrina. Fun fact, fun fact, which was like kind of like a blind date, if you will. But instead of a blind Wait, you went on a blind date with our female guest? Kind of. Really? So instead of it being like a romantic date, it was a speaker situation. Okay. I mean, so mine totally went into different directions. I know, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I was like, whoa, about. Katrina. What happened? No. Hey. So um I got invited um last year, 2019 to speak for dense Spicer in a world. And of course I'm like, Oh my rub gosh, I'm in. so excited. Like in. I accept, I'm like in. thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was in person. It was like a real thing. It was amazing when it happened. So I was so excited about it. And they're like, Oh, and guess what? You're going to be doing like a, a perio, um, you know, aspect. You're going to be working on the hygiene side and we are pairing you up. You're going to do this program alongside a periodontist, um, who teaches and practices out in Alabama. And I'm and like, what did you envision? 
do the Irene thing. Do the Irene thing. Okay. Do the Irene thing where, okay. where I envision is- like a huge situation <laughs> and really it's nothing like, do the Irene thing, go. Okay, so this is you. what I thought. First of all, they're like a periodontist in Alabama. First of all, I'm like, they have teeth in Alabama. Okay, and then I pictured... <laughs> all all due respect because like obviously i love this guest like that's why we have this individual here today i'm so excited but i was i pictured like do we like and then also the the meta proteinases and the p enzymes do the you know what i mean and like i get to lecture alongside like and i come in and i'm like hey like wacky like yeah you know and i thought that i would be paired up with this person who was like Okay, can we just talk about periodontal pockets and PISA scores and be done? <laughs> okay, so, so you first, were pleasantly surprised. So I, so here I am. I get introduced to Dr. Mia Geisinger, and I'm what? like, hold on a second. Like holy I know that molar. name. That holy molar. That name sounds familiar. And it turns out, like if you if you like Google her, she's <laughs> she's like everywhere. She works with like every entity. She's written like every important paper that you need to know about. She's everywhere and does all the things. So then I was even more like, oh no, she really is going to be dweeby and like boring and not, and not want to like, you know, like that's kind of what I thought. So then I sit down with her on a zoom sesh and turns out she's vibrant and colorful and funny and energetic. And she just has such a cool, fresh, unique way of looking at dentistry, uh, a very cool way of looking at perio. She is a huge supporter of hygienists. Like she really thinks that like hygienists have the skills and the talents to take dentistry to the next level. And when we built out this program together, uh, she just, I, I proposed this like really wacky idea. It was kind of a random thing. I was like, what if we um, used, I can't even remember how I unpacked it, but it's something like we use these like mom isms, like things that moms like what mom isms, um, mom isms, like things that your mom would say to you growing up, you know, I kill you. I gave birth to you. I kill you like that. Okay. So that, well, that would be something basically what my mother, mother would say. That would be your Romanian yeah. mother. So okay. I'm talking more like, I don't know, my Midwest mom, like close the door. What were you born in a barn? You know, like things like that, that like your Midwest mom no would say. Way. So, yeah. and then we did that. We like, we related it back to like dentistry. And it was just kind of just this fun, cool way because uh, she and I were slated to deliver a program Saturday morning at Dent Spice oh, World, so, which by okay. the way is like horrible because everyone's hung over. Yeah. It just, it yeah. reeked of like stale alcohol in there. So um, at any rate, we, we prepared this program. I had never been in the same room with her. I, the first time I'm in the same room with her is the night before we delivered our program. She, she and I like hooked up my, the program, like my laptop up to like the television at the Mandalay Bay. And we rehearsed the program together. And then that, that morning, the next day, we wore matching hot pink high heels. Was that planned? Yes, of course it was planned, but also it was adorable. I feel like I remember seeing this photo. Yeah, it's it's cute. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll post it. I'll post it on our um, Insta so the guests, so the people can see. But anyways, cool. it was super cute. So I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Mia Geisinger. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Thank Mia. You. Thank you hey. for having me, ladies. Hello. So exciting. She is. She's amazing. She's awesome. Um, I just want to dive right in. Um, really, what we want to do, I, I want to start by tell us a little bit about like young. Mia growing up like <laughs> tell us about like you well, know I'm gonna, I'm gonna burst your bubble that I'm not a nerd with oh, well, you are, <laughs> okay, I'm a nerd and it's not a bad thing down. to be yes. a nerd she can um, throw down like if you're like um tell us about Pigeon Javalis she'd be like 
boom. And she would, she could go, she can throw down. Yeah. So what do you want to know? Where, okay. So where do you live? First of all, you live in I Alabama. Live in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. Have you always lived in Alabama? No. Um, no. So let's, actually, let's do a started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. moment. So where did, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Kind yeah. Of yeah. Where'd you come I, from? I grew up in Connecticut, um, New Fairfield, Connecticut, which is a very, very small town. We had one stoplight growing up. Uh, That's all you need really to stay safe. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Yeah. Um, and I went to college at, uh, Duke university in North Carolina. And I went to dental school at Columbia in New York city. Then I did my period training in San Antonio, which is where I met my husband. And, um, we got married after he got back from his government sponsored desert tour. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a cute way of describing it. Desert vacation. <laughs> um, and he was uh, stationed at Fort Campbell, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Clarksville, yep. Tennessee. So I practiced outside of Nashville for a while. And then when he got out of the service, we moved to Birmingham. And so we've been here now 13 years. Okay. Um, and I've been on the faculty at UAB since 2008. Okay. That's cool. She's like, made you, she's what made old you, yeah. enough to, yeah, to right? like have all these accolades, by the way. Like if, if you see That's a picture, she's sweet. like, she's so like, cream. she's so cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you want to get into perio of all of the specialties Let's talk about dental school and um, what ty- what type of dental school rotations did you have? And is that what made you fall in love with perio? Um, yes and no. I, I'm, I'm sort of a planner. And actually, when I was in college and then before dental school, I worked as a dental assistant um, in an oral surgery practice. And I liked a lot of the surgical aspects of it, but um, I didn't like the fact that a lot of the care was prescription care. Mm. And one of the things that I really like about um, dentistry in general is, you know, getting to um, get to know your patients and and see them long term. Um, So I thought, well, while I'm in dental school, I want to see about other surgical specialties that may have some of that continued long term follow up and that relationship building with patients. Um, and I was lucky enough, I sent a cover letter and a CV to every periodontist in Manhattan, which is a lot. Every periodontist wow. in Manhattan? Cold, cold. Every single periodontist in Manhattan. Stop. Um, and a few of them called me back, um, including one, uh, a lady named Dr. Freya Karsh, who was actually a hygienist before she went to dental school. And she was the first woman to go through the perio program at Columbia. Wow. Um, and she's kind of a badass. Yeah. And so I ended up working for her and we have kind of a mutual admiration society. And um, it was really working in her office and seeing the way that she treated patients and the way the way that she was able to not only reestablish health, but have those long term relationships with her patients that made me really know that this was um the career path for me. And then um, at Columbia, we were able to pick an area of concentration for our third and fourth year. Um, and you could do everything from veterinary dentistry to community dentistry, where you got to like drive the van out to like yeah. area. <laughs> um, and I did perio um, with Dr. Evie Lala, who is still at Columbia um, and also a really cool lady. And um 
And so that was great because I got to do a lot more periodontal care um, while I was still in dental school, including my, the first patient I ever did uh, periosurgery on was um, as a dental student. She was an 18 year old freshman at Cornell and she came in just for like a routine dental care. She was from Washington Heights, the neighborhood where Columbia is. And incidentally, we found um, vertical defects on all our first molars. Oh. And so we were able to do regeneration for this 18 year old kid with this bright future ahead of her and probably save teeth. Um, yeah. Like really kind of a, a neat thing to have happen as a third or fourth year dental student. So, so wow. talk to me about how you did uh, regeration and what, what did that process process process? I'm Canadian. Process, I say things process. differently. She's Canadian, I mean, by the way. I try and do it in the American way and then my Canadian slips in. So what was that process with identifying what the root cause is? Because yeah, I worked in a perio practice and you know, many times we would see a lower anterior graft or a, a connective tissue graft that was done and it was because of poor occlusion and the patient never went and had the occlusion looked at and then ultimately the graft can fail long term. Uh, and similarly with bone grafts or localized bone grafts. So Talk to me about what you did and how how what you did at that point still held up a decade later. Yeah, so one of the nice things about being in academia and still being in academia is I actually know that we can follow these patients up and I have my finger and I, I call my friends at, um, at the institution, but um, we were able to actually do bacterial sampling for the patient. So um, as part of the phase one therapy, we did our scaling and root planning, but we also took subgingival plaque samples. And at the time we didn't have microbiome testing like we do now. We did a DNA, DNA checkerboard, and we also looked for um, serum antibodies to AA. Um, so we knew that this was a classic case of at the time, what we would have called localized aggressive peritonitis. Now what we would call uh, Stage three, grade C, um, localized molar incisor distribution. But um, then we were able to treat the patient. And, you know, you have some options when you think about um, intravony defects and regeneration. And uh, Katrina was nice enough to mention my involvement in some papers. So the um, AAP um, regeneration workshop that was published in 2016. I was actually one of the authors on the intravony defects um, paper. So, uh, you know, we got to kind of peek into that systematic review of meta-analysis. Um, and, you know, from, from their standpoint, really utilizing DFDBA with a cell occlusive um, collagen membrane is going to give you your best results long-term. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's awesome. She's such a smarty pants. Like, she's really is absolutely incredible. So, and, and now, and you were, of course, there and involved in the World Federation that happened when um, the new staging and grading was, you know, kind of put together. Um, can you walk us through, because I, I, I lecture on the staging and grading, and my joke is, like, can you imagine, like, a room full of, like, world-class periodontics? Oh, <laughs> do, do you want the inside scoop? Yes, give us the behind the curtain scoop and the under the so, gum tissue view, was, if you will. It was 150 periodontists in a room. 
Um, I, like, I feel like that's how a good joke yeah, is. Like, it's like, like 150 paradigms in a room. Uh, <laughs> and who cried? Which one of them cried? We have like 30, 40, 60 minute arguments about what we should call biologic width. Should it be biologic Oh, yes, the supracrestal. Settled on the supracrestal tissue attachment, right? <laughs> but that was, there were people who were very animated about it. Really? Um, to be a fly on that wall. I know. Huh? I would I would have given anything. That's was that not it, it should have been open to it the public to recorded. be recorded. So I can send you the AP did make a little video that unfortunately I'm featured in because I look they have oh, so, so, oh, no. like the worst profile picture ever. And like anytime anyone shows it, I get like a little sweaty because I'm like oh. No. You know how you don't like the sound of your own voice? Do you yes. Yeah. Like those yeah. two things yeah, combined. Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. oh, how many chins do I have? <laughs> <laughs> Not looking at the camera at all. Oh, oh that's, that's so cool. Funny. So cool. it's just a bunch of periodontists. They're they're yeah. arguing. They're getting very minuscule, like down to the millimeter, right? But I mean, when you read these these documents, these proceedings of everything that happened, like they broke up into into work groups, yeah. and I mean. Were, were they assigned to those work groups? I mean, were people like, I want to be in the oral systemic no, one? How do we you know? No, or they were just no. like, they were cool. As part of your invitation, you were actually assigned to a particular work group. And then okay. in that work group, there was a leadership group that um, worked on the preliminary papers that were um, developed and that are published in the proceedings um, along with the consensus statements. So when mm -hmm. we were there for the, um, the actual work group, our job was really to, um, we had already reviewed all the preliminary papers and really to work on those consensus statements. And once the work groups had the consensus statements, then they were brought out to the group as a whole. And we had to vote on every single consensus um, comment. Can, can I ask a question? And then I'm sure a lot of people are still wondering, um, can we start to the why and the when? Like, why was there a change in AAP? Yeah. That, and, and when did that conversation start happening? Because we know that oftentimes the when a conversation starts and then the actual implementation of something could be a year to two years later. So why was there a change and when did that change start to, to, to be discussed? Yeah. So it's, it's a really good question. Um, so there was an AAP task force on evaluation of the 1999 Armitage classification that was published in 2015. And as part of that, they really looked at how can we um, make sure that we are creating a classification system or we're um, assessing disease in a way that's accessible um, for people in day-to-day -day practice. And the truth of the matter is most of us are not doing the best job of ch charting negative recession which is right. really what's required if you're going to use clinical attachment levels. Yeah. Uh, right. If you have complete papillophil, you have negative recession. There is no way you don't. Mm -hmm. um, and so as part of that best evidence conference and that task force that was put together, it was actually led by my boss, Dr. Nico Gers, whose office is right through that wall. Um, he, he was the one who kind of led that conference. And I think some of the learnings that came out of there really um, spoke to the fact that 20 years is too long, mm -hmm. right? 20 yeah. years is too long not to review the science. 
science. And maybe you come up with the same thing over again, but it's too long not to review the science. So the AAP actually initiated the workshop and then invited the EFP to participate. What does EFP stand for? European Federation of Periodontology. Got it. So um, invited the EFP to participate. And then each of the work groups had paired up AAP and EFP leaders um, in those groups. And they um, went ahead and worked on some of the initial systematic reviews and some of the initial literature searches. Um, and I wasn't in group two, which was the group that really worked on periodontitis and the staging and grading. But, um, you know, there were a lot of things that were absent from that 1999 classification. Very implantitis wasn't right. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a, a really good way to talk about um, how periodontal disease progresses over time and how do we stratify risk as it speaks to um, pathology and, and disease development. And I think, you know, for us, people who are seeing patients regularly, we know that once a patient steps over that line between gingivitis and periodontitis, they are always more susceptible. And so figuring out how to really delineate that in a meaningful way so that that could then be communicated back to patients and to our, our colleagues throughout dentistry um, was really the driving force behind um, that group, group two's sort of assessment of how to discuss these, this staging and grading system. And, um, what year did that, what year did that so conversation the, the begin? took place in 2017 and then the publication came out in 2018. That's a quick turnaround. It's really fast. Now like who, you, you hear about research and studies and papers that come out and it's like, it takes them four or five years to put together the data and then to present it. That's so the, the preliminary papers and the preliminary writing and the planning for that workshop was a three-year run-up. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Who was it that decision that, or, or what did that conversation look like when they decided to go from the classification system into saying, like, let's use the word, let's actually say stage one, stage right. two, stage three. Stage. I mean, was, was it intentionally done that this sounds like other chronic diseases that are staged the same? I mean, what did that look like? I, I do think that it was intentional. So um, that group, including Panos Papapano and Mariano Sanz, um, really looked at how do we create this as a living document, right? So there is actually a um, committee that reviews the state of the science regularly to look for things like grade modifiers that may reach the level of science that can be then applied to the grading system, let's say. Um, and so they're continually reviewing and revising this just like they would do in... Um, let's say endocrinology, where we went from type one and type two diabetes to now technically there are six diabetic categories. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay. So you, you heavily involved in the AAP, you're rocking the AAP, you're in leadership, you're doing all of those things. And then on top of that, you're involved with the ADA. 
and you're doing a lot of work with their scientific affairs and all the things that are happening. And it turns out that you're doing that during a, you know, global pandemic. So mm. <laughs> walk us through <clears throat> your involvement in how the ADA started to handle everything that happened in light of COVID. So, um, this year i was the chair of the ada's council on scientific affairs which is really um the the council of the house of delegates for the ada that speaks to vetting science within the ada um so when um covid19 first became a a big issue for practices within the United States and individual state societies as well as individual practitioners were looking for guidance you know what we knew is there was a lot of things we didn't know mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a novel virus and there there was considerable concern about availability of PPE, about um, transmission within dental practice and from um, dental procedures, as well as community transmission and, and transmission with asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic individuals. Um, and so as part of the ADA's task force, one of the things that my job was to do was to work with the ADA staff and um, experts from the ADA Science and Research Institute, which is sort of on the um, ADA um, foundation side, to go ahead and vet some of the scientific statements that they were putting out. So some of the rubrics that got put out on decision making um, when you're assessing do patients need emergent care, what PPE is necessary, um, that stuff all came through sort of our task force. And we had two task forces that were set up, basically one that was a rapid response task force where I would get um, emails and calls at three in the morning. And, oh, how delightful. Uh, you know, because who needs sleep? It's so <laughs> pandemic. Um, but because it really required that kind of rapid turnaround. And then another task force that was more integrated into the larger leadership. Um, once we had a little bit more information, um, particularly coming out of other aspects of healthcare, then we were able to pivot and move to um, the Council on Dental Practice, um, vetting a lot of the things for return to work. Um, mm -hmm. But science staff and myself are still involved in vetting um, science within the ADA. And in fact, um, I was able to pair up with um, their Health Policy Institute staff, the um, Mark uh, Vujicic and their uh, head economist at the ADA, and um, piggyback on some of the work that they were doing looking at dentists in practice, and also ask some questions of those dentists about what their PPE usage is and um, you know how they are um, adhering to the CDC guidelines. So mm -hmm. look for that publication. Isn't that amazing? Huh. Yeah. So, okay. Quick question. Uh, Canadian and American dental hygiene is very different in the sense of um, responsibility and uh, licensure. So in the province of Ontario, where I practice, I have my own licensing body, my own insurance, and I don't follow the guidelines of the dentist 
Um, and with that means that the guidelines are quite different uh, down to the PP that we wear and the enclosure of our rooms. Um, but in the United States, all except California, if I'm not mistaken, um, follow the dentist's guidelines. Um, and how do you feel the, um, how do I say this delicately? How do you feel the dental hygienists are following the dentist's guideline or the ADA guidelines as, do you feel that they're following them as closely as they ought to be? Or um, oftentimes dentists are a little bit more relaxed um, and hygienists are the sticklers, it seems. Yeah, you know, that's not something that I have good data on right now. I will tell you that we are working with the ADHA to get similar data on PPE usage um, from their membership. And that should give us a good comparison on um, whether or not initially and then over time as we um, go forward in the pandemic, if we're seeing people ease up on some of these restrictions, um, I know probably because I'm at a, a big educational institution, um, we have really um, stuck to the yeah. letter of the spirit, every itty bitty yeah. bit of yeah. the, of the yeah. rules and then some. Yeah. Um, but I also understand that um, that may not be the case in every practice environment. And it may not be the case in every community based on the sort of community level of spread. I yeah. mean, if you're in Ontario, your community-based transmission is so much lower than right. um, folks who are in, in Arizona, Arizona <laughs> New York City, Canada, Texas, yeah. <laughs> all of the states in the U.S. No. I, I, I agree. I just find it very interesting that they're uh, like on social media, we see a lot of it. Like you'll see dental hygienists and, and perhaps people forget that you live in a different place and you mm -hmm. practice under a different set of guidelines. Yeah. And, you know, like my friend that I'm an Instagram friend with wears an N95 mask and then a level three on top of it. And here we're not allowed to do that. And I think CDC says that double masking is, is more of a risk than a benefit. But it's funny because certain states will say certain things. And then the beauty of social media is that the message gets across. But that's also like the little devil in disguise yeah. um, that that inconsistency is present even in one country. Um, and the same here in, in Canada. I mean, every province has a different set of guidelines. Every college has a different set of guidelines. And you would hope that they would all derive their guidelines from one specific place. But that doesn't always happen. And I wonder why that is. Well, I know in speaking to some of my colleagues in um, Canada and even looking at which provinces opened up their um, dental and dental hygiene practices sooner versus later. Yeah. I don't know that it was entirely evidence-based on levels of community right. um, transmission. And I think you see the same in the States that there weren't necessarily metrics set. Now, one of the things that's emerging that is probably encouraging is that overall healthcare providers seem to have in 
Europe and even in places like the Netherlands where they never shut down dentistry, um, they seem to have uh, transmission rates that are about a third of um, the overall community test positivity rates. So that's encouraging. Um, And I think that, you know, for me, when I have my N95, I have my face shield on, I have my gown. um, I feel like that's my armor. Yeah. Um, When, when I'm nervous is um, going to the grocery store when I, you know, and when I'm out in the community and I, my husband's a physician as well. Um, And so we feel like because of our jobs, you know, we have to be even more vigilant in our regular lives. We're, we're kind of boring. I I, I can give you a 100% example this weekend, this past weekend, I was supposed to go to a cottage, which is like a cabin, like house, whatever you want to call it. Um, Cottage. cottage. That's what we we call it here. Okay. Um, With an annual girls cottage. And, you know, the girls still went and the morning of, I said to my husband, like, I don't feel comfortable. There's like 15 girls up there. Who knows if they're carriers or not. And yes, they're all my best friends and I've known them my lifetime, like 15 years, but that doesn't change the fact that on Monday morning, I have a three-year-old patient in my chair and his dad and his mom, and God forbid I should do the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I probably looked like the bad guy that like, oh, you know, Irene is always the one with missing stuff. Like speaking gigs make me miss birthdays on weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, family, I miss Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving in Canada is different than it is in the US. And there's always a speaking gig on Canadian Thanksgiving. And then there I, another weekend of Irene not showing up. So I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, um, I mean. That I, like, you're right. And the, and the N95 is my, is my, my armor. armor, right? <laughs> and I just don't have enough of them to walk around in real life with them on. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it, and it's, I think that's, that's the, the reality is we've been through these processes. Now I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, you're much safer being in a dental office than you even are going to a restaurant where they're washing their forks and knives and just a, like a dishwasher. Right. I mean, you, what we're doing is we're screening patients, but and we're wearing PPE and all these other layers. But what I love about having Dr. Mia on the show is that we acknowledge that that didn't come from like out of thin air. Like that came from minds coming together and walking through what those processes look like. And, you know, I think like what an interesting time to be in your position, Dr. Mia, because, um, uh, yes. Is there research now? I, I just read something the other day that said people that are in the age range of like 18 to 35, like those individuals don't typically present with a temperature. Like their main symptoms are loss of taste, loss of smell, their wine tasting right. and they can't smell their wine, you know? So, and, and so the challenge becomes like, so yeah, come that we just, to wine. Yeah, our, friend, our friend, just, our friend, our Insta friend that we interviewed before, um, the tooth booth on Instagram, just came out last week and said that she was tested positive for COVID and she yeah. shut down her practice. Yeah. Um, and same thing. She lost her taste. She had lost her taste a long time and that's, ago. 
And that's, that's the thing that it's like, it's kind of, but it, it's crazy and scary because what happens is people hear that and then they think, so then we shouldn't be taking people's temperatures when they come. It's like, we look at one thing and all of a sudden there's, there's all of this like funky consensus that starts to happen and people start to develop very quick opinions on things. And I think now more than ever, we've looked at like, what are the governing bodies that should be providing these, you know, guidelines for us? And those are the governing bodies that don't use opinion and don't use a, well, I knew a friend who had a, you know what I mean? It's like, they look at the statistics and they go, no matter what, these are the guidelines. It goes back to what we learned about standard precautions, right? Like you treat every patient like they're HIV positive. You don't treat HIV positive patients differently from an infection right. control space. And so we have to, these guidelines, I mean, I can only imagine that you were up until whatever in the morning and, and, you know, because these guidelines were being built, you're building the plane as it's flying. They are being built around the clock to kind of be mindful to that. Do you feel like continuing? I mean, absolutely. As this continues to go on, we are, we continue to learn more and it's why the guidance on masking has changed. It's why, um, you know, we, you know, initially said the room should be as closed as possible. And now we're thinking um, airflow makes a difference. So if you can open a window, it would be better. Um, sure. And, and you know, having um, airflow analysis in um, some of the, the enclosed spaces that we have to be in, um, you know, new learning about children and their ability to transmit even as asymptomatic carriers, which is very interesting as a parent who's right. um, trying to and figure here, out. Here yeah. wearing a mask is mandatory unless you have a health condition. It's, it's, it's funny. It's like you, you have to wear a mask unless you can't wear a mask. And then it's and okay don't. that you don't wear a mask. <laughs> so all of these people are lying and saying, well, sure. like I can't wear a mask. I have asthma. And it's like, well, then you shouldn't be out if you're asking, right. why are you here? Right. Yeah, you yeah, should be home. home. But children, so they're saying children under the age of three, I believe, do not need to wear a mask. And that's, I mean, that's concerning. That would be, I, I don't have a pet. I don't have a, a child. I have a pet. So I feel like if Lou had to wear a mask, I would make him wear a mask. I'm surprised you don't have Lou wearing a mask right now, actually. That's <laughs> kind of where I'm at with that. Hey. So Dr. Mia, tell us, so you're also, you're at Wait, UAB. wait, my, that wasn't my, the end of my question. So oh, how okay. do you feel about children not wearing masks? Well, I, I will just tell you that um, my daughter wears a mask. If we're how old out, is your daughter? Nine. Um, but if we're out, we went... Um, just a, a family of three, we went hiking, uh, not this past weekend, the one before. We did like a six-mile hike, and we wore our masks on our hike. And I was like, you can pull it down if we're in the woods and there's nobody around. But the second we see somebody, that mask goes up, baby. Um, Good. You know, That's and she, I mean, she, now she's like the mask police. She's like, Mom, <laughs> we're going to roll the car window down. Put your mask on. <laughs> I got it. I'm driving. Hang on. I love it. <laughs> She's a mini Mia in training is what she is. That's it. Okay. So you're at UAB. You're there. You're faculty. So you are working clinically. And I know when COVID happened, you were stepping in and seeing a lot of those patients while you were trying to figure out, you know, how to kind of manage the students coming back. So your faculty, 
walk us through what your typical day looks like at, at you know, in your faculty appointment, because I know you're doing research, so you're publishing, you're teaching, you're in the clinic. Like, what does your typical day look like? So the good news and the fun thing about my job is there isn't a typical day, but um, my job at UAB, we have five faculty tracks and they range from almost uh, 90% clinical um, to 90% research and everybody in between. And I have the best track. It's the middle track, clinician, scholar. And that basically means that I do a third, a third, a third. So I do a third um, teaching, um, a third uh, patient care and service and a third research. Mm -hmm. And because my research is clinical and translational, a lot of those things overlap. I also, um, and don't tell anyone this, I have the best job in show business in that I direct the residency program. So cool. I have 12 wonderful yeah. residents that I get to work with and they are, I can, I can pretend I'm 26 until I look in the mirror because they keep me young oh. and they, oh. they, uh, they always have great new ideas and they're so enthusiastic and um, it's really always a joy to see them develop over time and really become the period honest that, that they will be. And, you know, not everybody is the same. They develop their philosophy while they're here. And, um, you know, they, they figure out what they like to do and what they don't like to do. And, um, you know, they go all over the country when they're done. So I have, I have friends and colleagues everywhere, um, back cool. to Canada, hey. back to, um, uh, overseas if they're from overseas and they get to, I get to, um, keep up with them and, um, you know, see how they grow as professionals as well, which is really, really fun. That's cool. That's amazing. That's the best part. Yeah. Teaching. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very so cool. Awesome. She's a badass. Officially. She a, she's a badass. She is a badass. What, um, yeah. what kind of research are you doing right now? Anything like so anything provocative? Uh, well, I think we've talked about this a little bit, Katrina, but um, I have teamed up with one of my colleagues in nursing to look at delivering oral hygiene to patients with dementia hmm. um, who are in residential um, facilities, nursing home facilities, skilled nursing facilities, and how we can reduce care-resistant behavior for those patients. And, you know, especially given some of the emerging evidence about um, gingival inflammation and periodontitis and dementia. And then also what we know about, you know, the impact that um, oral health in general, whether that be caries or periodontalsies can have on um, the, the quality of life of patients in these skilled nursing facilities. It's really exciting to be able to work with my colleague, Dr. Dablonski on, um, delivering this care and uh and so we've been we've been we we had a little bit of a delay because we couldn't get into the nursing homes yeah. <laughs> for right. yeah. four months that we were locked out um but we're back <laughs> last week to talk about um, new ppe for our um healthcare providers who are delivering the the oral hygiene care to our um, patients and then also they use an intraoral camera to um, assess uh, plaque accumulation, and then I do all the analysis on. Um, do they use like a disclosing agent or anything? 
No, so we're using a SoperCare camera, which uh, does allow for fluorescence, so you can see how old the plaque is. Cool. That's very, very cool. <clears throat> okay, so if you could, if you have to pick one perio procedure that you have to do for the rest of your life, like what would be your, like, what's your number one perio procedure that you just, like, get so excited to do? I can only pick one. You can only pick one. All right. Is, uh, this, the, is this the tooth at the end? You're wasting No, it's here. not. No, it's not the tooth. No, no. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, you know, people are going to say that this is maybe not the sexiest procedure, but for me, a well done osteosurgery, mm-hmm. it's the hardest procedure I do physically. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. For okay. sure. Um, the soft tissue grafting, that's technique sensitive, a lot of surgery, yeah. Yeah. but osteosurgery for sure is the hardest procedure I do. And when you do it well, and you're able to apically position those tissues and mm-hmm. get rid of those probing depths and you get mm-hmm. all that junk mm-hmm. off, all that granulomatous tissue. Mm-hmm. It's really, it feels very satisfying. Yes, um, it is. Now, um, final question before we get to the tooth or dare part. Um, you, <laughs> you are, um, you're like, a, you're a polymath. You know what that is? Like just, you're, you're so multi-passionate about so many different things. Like I, I don't even, when I hear about the things that you're doing and I get emails from you and I've been so fortunate to collaborate with you on a lot of really cool things, um, in the time that we've known each other. And every time, like you're just, you're amazing to work with. I do not know when you sleep, if you sleep. Um, but on top of that, you also, you, you have a daughter who's like adorable and she's very vibrant and just has just this beautiful mind of her own. And you have this amazing husband who like adores you. Last time you and I did a live thing together. I think you were in the middle of like, we were talking about something during COVID and your husband comes in and like brings you a glass of wine while you're talking. (laughs) He's an anesthesiologist and he just like adores you. We did a little webcast and he made sure I was topped off on my wine. What a man. So like, you've got this like amazing family. Um, and, and then you've got all of these really cool hobbies. One of them I saw is that you're a poet. Is that correct? It's true. I'm a poet. Really? So no you, way. You, you write your own, you write your own poetry. And then it's, can you tell us a little bit? I, I mean, how does tell I, us. I've just, it's just something I've always done. I, I don't think I have the patience to write like an actual book. Um, but a poem is, it should be like emotion distilled. And so you just get it out onto the page. And like what type of poetry are we talking about? Like sonnets? Or are we talking about like haikus? Oh, mostly okay. but long form free verse. Yeah. Huh. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, I like, I, what a I've cool never thing. met anyone that writes I know poetry. I haven't either. I haven't either. So, so do, do you set aside time to do this or are you just like, yeah, like how some people journal. Yeah. You, know? you, you, for me, you that, just, that's, that's like my sort of calming space stuff, but I, I've submitted some of them and they've been published and you're yeah. a, you're a published poet. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Amazing. Oh, why not? She says, why not? That's How did really you know that, Katrina? How did you find out she was a poet? Well, what are you she, like I, sneaking I through it. her backyard and looking through her window? Like, I am. I am a big. I'm what a big is happening fan. over there? What are you like stalking her, Katrina? I'll tell you another fact that you might not know about. Uh oh, fun fact. What's that? Fun fact. Um, I played water polo in college on the men's team. What? Stop. 
<laughs> Katrina, <laughs> Katrina would have been at every match. What? <laughs> no, well, I lifeguarded in college, so I probably would have. Um, so is that because there was not a women's team? Or? Oh, no, I played on the women's team, too. What? Um, no. Uh, so... I went to Duke and there were two sports at Duke that were non-scholarship swimming and track. Um, and I was like, look, I, I was recruited for swimming, but I was just like, I cannot be a science major and do these labs and also swim six hours a day. Yeah. And if you're not paying me to do it, I am yeah. surely not going to do it. <laughs> so I was like, but I, I love being in the water. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll do club water polo. And they had a women's team, um, but they, you know, they want the best people. And so there was one other woman on the men's team. She happens to be married to a periodontist. She's a veterinarian. Her name was Kirsten Buckler. Kirsten is six foot two. I am five foot six. So occasionally I will run into Kirsten at periodontal events where she's there with her husband and her family. Oh, and people will be like, oh, how do you know Kirsten? Is it through her husband? And I'm like, mm-mm, no. Kirsten <laughs> and I played water polo together on the men's team. And then people look at Kirsten and they look at me and they look at Kirsten. And they're like, mm, I don't think so. That is so <laughs> funny. But that kind of started it because like there's, I, wouldn't you say that there are a lot of men that are, are periodontists like I mean, you're, you're a woman in a man's world, kind of. So that, yeah, that kind of, if you if you want to remember not to be intimidated, I can picture all of them in their speedos. Okay, that's well. There, <laughs> you go, girl. But do you have any photos? <laughs> Some of these guys, you definitely wanted photos. <laughs> I'm sure. My favorite. Oh. Well, Dr. Mia, it has been absolutely lovely getting to know you. I hope I get to know you in real life one day. I know, when we can all get on a plane and travel oh. again. Oh, I miss, I miss those a bar and have a glass long walks of- down the aisle. Oh, down the aisle of the airplane. One day, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Did Katrina tell you what we do at the end of this thing? No, I have no, no clue. All right. Well, we're called Tooth or Dare podcast for a reason. The right. end of the show, Katrina and I do a visually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors, which I'm convinced she cheats at somehow. <laughs> no joke. I'm going to yeah. make, I'm going to make you, uh, put your thumb over your camera this time. Cause last time I, there was a delay and I, and I, I don't know. We'll see. I should put so, my thumb over my camera. Yeah. Like this. So you can't see what I'm doing. So I can't see what you're doing? Yeah. You, you put the thumb over your camera then. Right? I'm also going to do that too, together, combined. Oh, 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 oh. So we're going to rock, oh, paper, scissors, and we're going to say it at the same okay. time. And then we and, reveal. Yeah, we're not actually going to say what we're doing. We're just going to do it. it. We're going to go one, two, three, and then do the thing. Okay. I think and then reveal. Then reveal. Okay. And then reveal. Um, <laughs> and then the the loser goes up against you. So you have to decide whether you dish out a tooth or a dare, or you can accept a tooth or a dare. And we're going to get ready to do this. In the meantime, everyone, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at twoflife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Dentist. Dr. Mia, where can people find you? Uh, Mia GDDS. Mia GDDS on Insta and perhaps on Facebook. Are you there too? Mm-hmm. Insta and she Facebook. You can follow the podcast at podcast And Katrina and I are going to cover our cameras right okay, now. Okay. All right. I'm covering ready? my camera. Okay. Right. Ready? Yeah. yeah no, no cheating this time. I'm okay? not cheating. This is ready. So okay. One, two, three, go. Okay. I'm going to reveal it. 
Okay. I won. Ha, look at that. Look at that. Uh, it's weird to you with my luck hand. I won. All right, Dr. <laughs> Mia, would you like to accept a tooth or a dare or would you like to dish a tooth or a dare? Oh, I'm an open book. I'll accept a tooth. Oh, she's going to accept a tooth. She's going to accept it, a tooth. Oh, my gosh. Oh, make, make it, it hard? hard? Yeah. No, that's not we've nice. Been letting, we've been, we've been oh, letting I'm our, an open book. Go ahead. We've been letting our guests off easy recently. Have we really? Yeah. I let I let, I let let Matt, President ADHA, off pretty easy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's so. Well, that's yeah. True. Best job in show business. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. A tooth for Dr. Mia. Okay. All right. Behind the scenes, what would you say is the the number one barrier or the thing that has made it the most difficult being a young, vibrant woman in your, in your, you know, industry? What, what, what has really been like one barrier hurdle, one thing that, that has kind of gotten in your way that you've had to overcome within your career? Well, I, first of all, I appreciate that you call me young and I will. Oh, you you are. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I think something that comes up occasionally, um, And maybe more in the forefront now because of everything that's going on. But as a parent, um, when I I travel um, or if I'm speaking or I have meetings scheduled, um, I don't think the default is that people kind of think, oh, this person could have young children. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I ha- I sometimes have to like do a little bit of explaining on why, um, you know, I, I may not be able to do something because of my, homeschooling my or your daughter I, or whatever. Yeah. I don't think that that, I think because a lot of times the scheduling and the powers that be and the way things have always been done, the folks have either been older Um, And their kids have been a little bit older or they've been men and they've had spouses that have been flexible, able to manage the family that that has not come to the forefront. Now, I'm very lucky in that my husband is a real partner and I work with a lot of people who are kind of in the same boat. um, And so they definitely get it. I do think that things are changing. So Mm -hmm. you guys probably see this too, but I mean, I look at our dental school classes, which are now over 50% women. Yes. Yeah. Our second year residency class is all women. It's the first time it ever happened. And we go through the match. So, you know, yeah. we, we end up with um, the individuals that, that select us and we select them in the match. So it's not that we necessarily engineer it that way, um, but we try to take the best qualified individuals. And, you know, from my perspective, I think that as we get that critical mass of um younger women who are looking at starting a family or they're looking at running their business. Um, I, I do think that that changes. Um, but I also think we have to make it change, right? So right. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, we hear a lot of talk about the old boys club, but mm -hmm. I think that we need to have a new girls club where we support one another and we promote one another. Oh. And that to me is really the key to all of that. that. So um, if we can see our friends and our colleagues and their successes um, and make sure that we uh, promote them and think of them for opportunities. Um, I think that's really critical. And I'm a, a big fan of kind of making your own luck. And so yeah. you, you, you can't win if you don't play, right? So mm -hmm. you're at the table and playing. So, you know, for, from my perspective, yes, there have been some barriers and I certainly could tell stories where you would recognize a situation that had happened in your own life and kind of roll your eyes to and say, Oh yeah, I remember when I was asked to get the coffee or right. <laughs> whatever that situation would be. Sure. But I also know that, um, I, I'm very impressed with my colleagues, and I, I do think that a lot of our male colleagues are he for she and mm -hmm. are out there looking for diversity and equity um, in, you know, in a lot of different arenas um, in our profession and our professional organizations. So I'm, I'm pleased about that, and I think we can, we can look forward to that continuing and increasing um, as long as we're, we're cognizant of it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What, what a beautiful statement for women out there that, you know, want to have a family, want to have a career that you really, you can have it all, but we have to be able to support each other and elevate each other through that. And, uh, and what a beautiful message. Coming and from pick you. your partner very wisely. <laughs> she says that. Yeah. You have pick, such a kind thing to say about her very, very wisely. Wow. Um, I think, from my perspective, my husband and his support and my daughter and her support are the reason why I can do the things that I do. And um, that choice of partner, that choice of support system, whatever that looks like for you, um, really has made a huge difference in my life and being able to um, kind of dream as big as I, I can. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. Oh. Chris Hanley, Christopher William Hanley, CPA. If you're listening to this, that's my husband's name. <laughs> right, write that shit down, honey. <laughs> write that down, honey, buddy. <laughs> write that down. Well, thank you so much for being oh, here. It was, it was honestly so much fun. Pleasure. Yes, I wish I had some wine. I didn't have any. I was drinking miso soup because I had just finished with my bacon. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really into these miso soup in a cup things. I have a kettle. Oh, wow. No, am I the only one? I mean, I did a 14 hour day today, basically. That's good. Yeah. Get it, Irene. Live, live my best life. All right. Uh, until next time. Thank you, Mia. Thank you. Thank Chica. you. I love you. Peace out, beeps. Cheers. And we're back, beeps. We're on the flippity flip. I can't do it. You can do, do it. Again. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. I can't. I can't. I've got my entire perioral perioral area has Botox in it. So I can't do the peas like you do. Okay. It's like a, it, to me, the flippity flip is like a soft pea. A soft pea. Nobody wants a soft pea. <laughs> I like, I like it hard. It's almost, it's almost like I'm not really pronouncing it at all. It's like the pea is silent. And the flippity flip. <laughs> We're on the flippity flip. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a fun there episode. We go. Thank you for hooking that up.
BT Dubs. So you good. You totally hooked up, Mia. Yeah, she's so is, Isn't she amazing, so though? Like, it doesn't and she give you, you, like, you all bow, of the bow, inspo, bow, though? Bow. Literally. She, like, I, I'm not kidding you. She's, I don't know how she does what she does. Um, thank you for hooking that up. That was a good episode, BT Dubs. Thank isn't you she for, amazing? Thank you for hooking us up with... Yes, she's amazing. I wish I get to meet her in real life one day. You will. I feel like she and I would be friends. Yes, you would love her. I'm not she so sure about that. she's ama- like she's got like amazing shoes. By the way, that's kind of her thing. When she lectures. Didn't you guys do like a matching shoe thing? We did. Yeah. You did like a hot pink shoe thing, right? Hot pink. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. We're going to have to purchase we'll have some to- matching shoes whenever we get to see each other in real life again. Yes, I know. That'll yeah, happen someday. Someday, somehow. I know. All right, peeps. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another entertaining yet uh, educational, slightly educational yet entertaining episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your friends here. Um, And uh, a very special thank you to our friends at Dense by Serona for helping me celebrate my birthday as the gifter that I am. So make sure that you head over to my Instagram account at toothlife.irene.com. And enter the giveaway for the brand new the hand the hand piece the polishing item. It's called the new Pro Freedom Polisher. The new and it is amazing. New Pro Freedom Polisher, and I have one in my op, and I love it, and it's amazing. It's got like it's cool. It's got this little intuitive type of speed sensor. It knows when you're pressing. Yeah, yeah. So you like load your profi paste on it and it revolves quite slowly and as soon as you press it on the tooth the heavier you press it on the tooth the faster it goes yeah it's very cool it's unlike anything that I've ever tried before I've tried ones that have had like on and off buttons mm-hmm. but then I'm constantly pushing and then the barrier is sliding and mm-hmm. this one's cool the barrier goes on the inside mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. metal sheath and the metal sheath gets sterilized and it comes with three of them right so it is pretty epic and it's, it's also thousand dollars so. it's also cdc compliant um because yes it's yes you don't Thank have to sanitize that. you don't sanitize the hand piece you you disinfect disinfect and then sterilize the sheaths so there aren't concerns yes. with um air getting into the unit and there aren't concerns with human tissue which of course we know is a concern from the cdc you know, back in the day when they were looking at that. So it's CDC compliant, really great, especially for the concern of aerosolization and the risk of human tissue being placed into our airlines. I will say one final thing about air polish or about polishing in general, um, and specifically dense by Serona's polisher. Um, We as hygienists always feel like we think we're doing a better job when you put your foot down on that rheostat and it's like, and it's like off to the races. And right. it shouldn't be that way. That's uncomfortable to the patient. That that rubber cup heats up on the tooth and it makes it very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, we also are damaging. I mean, there's there's research on it that if we're damaging the enamel we're rods. Literally think about the poor enamel rods that you are setting fire to. Save an enamel rod. Use dense splice Serona. Seriously. Just imagine these poor Enamel rods are like, like a lot like your hair. In if you think about the way that your hair breaks, you've got these strong pieces of enamel, and you set fire to them. From here, <laughs> stop it! You kill me. Anyways, In do a little research, peeps. If you're using a standard type of of, of handpiece, I can't even focus. I can't even say my words with you like that. Save some enamel rods. Use Dunspice Serona's products, you guys. All right. That's that's going to do it for this yeah. evening. 
this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. You've got a few days to enter my giveaway. So run. Don't walk to my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Until next time, peace out, peeps. Cheers. (laughs) Save some enamel rods. Use Dense by Stronis products, you guys. Save a horse, ride and ride the enamel rods. I'll ride a cowboy. <laughs> oh no. I've got to take that. The bloopers out. beep. Oh, no. Please have a bite beep. Thank you. <laughs> what? Look at your dog. My dog is like <laughs> folded in half. <laughs> Dogs aren't supposed to go there? that way. I don't know why he's folded. <laughs> What's happening there? I don't understand. The anatomy doesn't work. Why are your spine you- is supposed to go the other way. Do you have all your ribs? Oh, okay. He's he, is now this, he's embarrassed. Is there like a Marilyn Manson sort of he's, thing going on there. He's very embarrassed now. He's, he's like ba- he's like pawing at you. You see him like hey, reaching ma. out with hey, his like ma, weird paws. Ma, ma, that make love. Ma, 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 that make love. I don't even know what she's doing in there. Ma, get that make love. Okay, sorry. Let's do that again. Should we? Okay. Yeah. What part? We're back. Oh, okay. We're back. Sorry, Katrina. Okay. Katrina, we're back okay. from the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. <laughs> I like to hit the You're P of flippity flip. So it's not just like flippity flip. It's like flippity flip. I feel like I feel like you your microphone just is saliva all over it from every time you say flippity flip. It's actually an aerosolization. Or when you of- say cheers, your C is very like cheerish is. So it's actually an aerosolization of my saliva and the wine I'm drinking that kind of gets slightly sprayed onto my microphone. Uh, it was it was rough. I did a sh- I did a really good shower sit that morning. Do you ever do a good shower sit? Tell me about what a shower you sit, sit. You sit in the shower. Sit in the you sit in the shower with the water, and you lean up against the wall and you just let the water hit you. I've never in my life done that. I've never done that. Should and I do that? And then perhaps you take perhaps you take a little nap. You took a nap in the yeah, okay. because showering showering was exhausting that morning. Oh no, I was, it was like one an of old those. lady trying Ooh. to get out of the shower, and I had to like take a sit before I got up. Yeah, yeah that was. What you know what they like. have here in Phoenix that you can do is you can hire um a, an individual that will come out and give you an IV, like in your home of medicaments of I don't sorts. Know if I want strangers coming in my house. They can me like IVs. They can like I put like friends. I'll reach like a that that would be like a new low for me. Yeah, obviously I would never do that either. Obviously. That would not be something obviously. I would do. Obviously I don't know about that because it's <clears> never <throat> anything that I did, but I'm just from a friend of a friend. Yeah, obviously that would yes. 